What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we are doing the first of what hopefully will be the first of many witch table talks. Yay. Yay. So <laughs> what does that even mean? It means that we have a topic, and today's topic is you got your science in my witchcraft. And we have people that are going to come here and talk to us. And the person we have today is Ann Bennett. Welcome, Ann. Thank you for having me. So Gemini, what's the main question of today? So our main topic today that each guest is going to share their own experience and opinion on is how does your science affect your witchcraft practice? We've spoken about this before in a previous episode, but we really wanted to have an opportunity to discuss sort of the personal experience about it. Um, and I have drawn the short straw and I'm going to go first answering this question. And once we've all answered, then we will have a little bit of a group discussion and then talk about some other very exciting things in the pipeline. So as far as my answer to how does your science affect your witchcraft practice, I actually think science was foundational for me. I think I started with science and then became a witchcraft practice. Um, when I was in college and I was really sort of getting back into spirituality, I started looking at alchemy as my, like the, the central practice to my witchcraft. And for those of you who don't know, alchemy is sort of what was chemistry um, before we had the scientific method and, and, you know, proper scientific studies, guys would be like, I'm going to turn lead into gold. And that was alchemy. So I used it in, um, in a very meditative way. It wasn't, I didn't treat it very scientifically. But as I worked with it more and more, I realized that there was a very scientific aspect to witchcraft that I really enjoyed. I liked knowing the different ingredients and how spiritually they were supposed to mix together and the way that their practical or sort of mundane uses played into the way that people saw them spiritually. And I've talked in the podcast before about like being a secular witch and my relationship with deity. But for me, doing witchcraft started with sort of the way that little girls do it, where you mix things together and make potions and, and you know, or put leaves in mud and stir it around. I really wanted to look at the, the atoms of witchcraft and make little molecules and grow those molecules into bigger things until finally I felt comfortable enough with those tools that I was like, okay, now I'm going to explore deity. Now I'm going to explore these other options. You should also tell folks, like, what is your background? Because you have a background in science. It's not just oh. like, oh, I kind of like science. Like, That's true, yeah. So I, have a, I have a degree in biochemistry. <laughs> yeah, I really should have started with that. I have a degree in biochemistry, and I am very personally interested in um, biochem like bioorganic chemistry. So for me, my study was very much focused on like what kind of compounds are produced by plants and animals and how did they affect humans. Um, I did a whole course just on like drugs, <laughs> basically, um, like all of the different compounds like DMT, all of this to sort of understand how they affect the human body. And that was really foundational as far as looking at, okay, well, lavender is the only uh, essential oil that has been clinically studied to show that it actually has an effect on the human brain and like human emotional reactions. Why? How does lavender then play into um, a spiritual practice? And like, oh, well, lavender is used for sleep spells. This makes sense because this is where the science comes from. Um, for me, science created a witchcraft practice. And I then had to sort of find a way to be, to, to be spiritual about it because it was almost like I was treating it very much like, well, this is just a part of science we haven't explored. And it wasn't until later in my practice that I, I was able to say, all right, well, I don't have an answer to some of these things. And I may never have an answer to some of these things. And that's okay. Um, I was really grounded in the skepticism and the, the sort of questioning of science for a really long time, which I think is valuable, but I wasn't, a, I didn't become more spiritual with it until later on, until I had really gotten comfortable with ingredients and all of that stuff. So I'm also, uh, I'm a scientist. Um, I studied biology and chemistry, and I'm probably maybe leaning more towards the science side of things. Um, 
in the sense that, you know, I, I've always been interested in witchcraft. Um, I grew up in Salem, which is, you know, witch central, like everyone, everyone wants to come to Salem and, and see the witches and learn about the Salem witch trials. And even though they weren't real witches, um, have to put that in there because people are always like, oh, they were real witches, but they, they weren't, they were just, you know, innocent, not that witches aren't innocent, but you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I was always interested in it. You know, I, I grew up in witchcraft Heights. I went to witchcraft Heights elementary school. So people, um, who aren't from this area are always like, oh, you went to school for witchcraft. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's just the name of, that's, that's Salem. Um, but, you know, I studied, I, I grew up in a very religious household, um, Catholicism, and so, you know, which is bad, <laughs> right? Witchcraft was very bad. Um, and, you know, I studied science in college and then I went on to work in the sciences. Um, so I, I started kind of in the pharmaceutical industry and, you know, I'm, I'm always questioning things. Uh, I'm, I, I consider myself a huge skeptic. Um, but that being said, I don't have answers. You know, there aren't answers for everything. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, I have a few books on witchcraft, um, you know, on, on, practicing witchcraft that I've, I've looked at, um, but I don't feel, I don't feel like I can take the, that step because I don't really know, you know, what I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, but now I work in the cannabis industry. So now I work as an R and D scientist for a cannabis biotech, which is a like very different field than, pharmaceutical sciences because we're dealing with plants um, and, you know, CBD and um, THC. So I feel like now I'm, I'm becoming more open to, you know, not just making drugs per se. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, when I was younger, I was always interested in love spells, <laughs> you know, seeing if, if I could, uh, make someone fall in love with me. Um, but I guess part of me also doesn't understand, you know, I've just flipped through the books, so I don't know how it works. Like how can saying these words, putting some stuff together, right? Make like, how does that work? And that's where I get stuck where I'm like, I, I can't wrap my head around this because in the lab I can see, you know, I can do a bunch of experiments and see that it works. Um, so I don't know, that's just me being, you know, maybe I'm not opening myself up enough, but uh, so I haven't gone any further with just looking at the books and, and, you know, wondering about it. So what you're telling me is that cannabis is a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug to other <laughs> drugs and it's a gateway drug into witchcraft. So I kind of oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's so different because you know, now I'm reading up studies on CBD oil and I'm not going to lie before I started working at this company, I was like, CBD doesn't work. Come on. Like, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I was like, how can CBD oil work? There's not like, how does that even, you know, people rubbing creams on them. I was like, how does that even work? You know, but I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm reading more studies on CBD and I'm, I'm, my mind is changing. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just, things aren't just black and white. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I'm realizing and, and okay, maybe I've delved into some other stuff like psychic readings and Reiki, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm trying to try different things. Okay. So what I think is, I don't know, different here is that what I have to add is completely different from what both of you have said because I'm not a scientist. Um, social sciences is basically what I did. So I did study, I was a psych major and then I went back to school for integrated technology where you're kind of like teaching people how to do different things and it's, you know, what, who is going to be affected by what type of teaching? And we're not talking about teaching in a classroom, but teaching adults, if you have to train them, you know, we had to do all sorts of projects. Like, you know, if you're training the government, how do you train somebody to use a gun without actually giving them a gun? You know, what would be the, the steps to go through that? 
And when it comes to witchcraft, and I, I think the listeners already know, I've never <laughs> said I wasn't a witch. I'm a witch. But I do wonder sometimes, how much is witchcraft? And how much does this person need to go to therapy? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes I think, wow, no, 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 no. Um, you don't need a spell for that. You need help. You know, and then I think if I say that, then, oh, you're not a witch. It's like, no, nah, dude, it's like some things are not witchcraft. Like some things are. So that's the angle that I think I come to witchcraft with when I look at books, when I am um, talking to people or taking classes. You know, what you said about putting an, uh, rubbing an oil on me, that's going to cure whatever. And I wonder about that. Even as I am creating a spell sometimes, I will sit there and go, really, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? You know, and I think this is something that witches don't talk about, right? Mm -hmm. You're just supposed to do the spell, do the ritual. You believe in this 100%. Not saying I don't, but I don't think it's belief. Just like, and I, I hate to talk about this because we try not to, but people for months go on and on saying, I believe in science. No, no, that's not why you should get the vaccine. It's not Santa Claus. That's, that's not yeah. <laughs> believe in it. You should either understand it and then make a decision based on understanding the facts, not because I, I don't believe in science because you can prove science. So what's to believe? Mm -hmm. When it comes to witchcraft, and I think every witch, I hope every witch at some point thinks about this, how much are you believing, air quotes, believing, and how much are you doing and going, oh shit, that worked. Why did this work? What is it that I did? Or was it something I did or was this, would this have happened anyway? Was there something mundane that I did mm -hmm. before I did the spell that actually set those wheels into motion? And my spell really just, it just didn't do anything, mm -hmm. right? And I yeah. think for witches to not sit down and say to ourselves, what are we doing exactly? I think that's a problem. I think that's, that's where people maybe talk about the word belief, don't believe in witches because if they're just saying, well, I'm just going to spell. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can do a love spell, but guess what? The love spell may not have gotten that person to talk to you. Maybe you did the love spell. You got the confidence. Now you present yourself differently. Now, when you walk into a room, I got this because I did the spell. Now that person noticed you, not because the spell got to them, but the spell got to you. Mm -hmm. You now feel differently. Now that person's attracted to you. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting take on that, you know, that I never thought about. Um, but so something interesting that actually happened, and I think I shared this on Instagram. And again, I'm, I'm, I like to say I'm a skeptic. I don't believe in these things, or I don't think I do. Um, but when I came back from my um, Los Angeles, when, you know, when I got, fell for that scam and I lost, um, $400. So that's great. And I came back and I was going through the mail and I found this check. So let me backtrack. Before I came back, I told a friend, I told lots of people that this happened, right? And a friend of mine who actually works at the Salem Witch Museum, <laughs> she um, knows someone there who, I don't know if she calls herself a witch, but she practices some stuff. I don't really know. Um, so she was like, she's going to do some sort of spell for you. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. And um, so when I came home, I was checking the mail. And in the mail was a check from my old company for $750 in old grants that I didn't use. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the hell just happened? You know, it could be pure coincidence. I like to hold on to a little bit of belief, you know, <laughs> but so I was like, okay, well, that was pretty cool. Maybe that was something. I don't know. So I have a question for all of us, um, but listening to these conversations and knowing that we are three women on a podcast who are all very analytical and think in a very sort of skeptical way. I know at least for me, this is the case. So I want to know your perspectives. Is there a part of 
this conversation, identifying as a witch while being a science-minded person that comes from a fear of not wanting people to think you're a bad scientist. Because I know for a long time, I wouldn't say I was a witch because I didn't want people to think, oh, well, then you're, you're not a real scientist. You're not a good scientist because you're not skeptical enough. When in reality, I think that like the more you learn about science, the more you realize we don't know so much that being skeptical doesn't mean what we think it means. So I, I want to know your perspectives on that. Yeah, that's actually, um, there are times where I, I will, and here I am admitting this right now in front of, <laughs> um, but no, where I feel like I'm a scientist, I, you know, I go to a lot of skeptic conferences or mm -hmm. I did prior to COVID. And um, so that's, to me, that's my identity, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm skeptic. And, but then when I do things like go to a Reiki session or see a psychic, I'm like, oh, but I'm just doing it just to see, right? You know, I'm, I, yeah. I brush it under the table because I'm embarrassed almost. Like people yeah. are like, how are you this skeptic? And I'm always like, oh, I'm just doing some research, <laughs> you know, but yeah. there's a part of me and it could be because I suffer from depression or something that I'm, I'm looking for answers that maybe I need to ask my therapist instead, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. But yeah, there's this part of me that feels embarrassed to take on any sort of other identity. Like, oh God, I can't go walk into a church because not that I would want to, but it has this nostalgic aura for me, like going in and hearing the music and stuff. And um, so there are times where I feel compelled to go so I can, if I'm feeling lonely or, or I need comfort or something, mm -hmm. not that I believe in it, but and uh, I'm like, no, but I don't want anyone to see me because what if they're like, oh, I saw you at church the other day. And I'd be like, what do you mean? I didn't go to church. Like, You know, it's this embarrassment of I'm a scientist. I'm skeptic. I can't have any sort of other belief system. But that's a great point that you brought up because we don't know, like, lots of things. There yeah. are lots of things we don't know. Scorpio, do you have a similar perspective or was it different for you? I'm thinking back when I was in school which actually wasn't that long ago when I went back. Nobody knew. I didn't come out and tell people that I was a witch. Yeah. And I, I have this nerdy side to me that that in itself was magical. In fact, it's funny because um, I was helping out somebody else to do a photo elicitation project. And they showed me a picture of campus and it's Columbia University. And they, they said, what do you see? Like, do, do you think it's community? Do you see community? And I said, and it's so funny because my first reaction was, yeah, it looks like Hogwarts. And that's where the <laughs> magic happens. And my advisor was like, did you really say that? And I'm like, that's really how I feel. There's something magical. Now, get a load of this. And I was part of the math, science, and technology department. We were the ones at graduation laughing at the humanities people, going, look at their caps and counts. Like, what yeah. are they doing? Like, what, yeah. I have Odysseus on top of their cap? Like, what is that? You know? Um, <laughs> And that's the English teacher. See, I was more embarrassed to say I was an English teacher in that, in that group than to say anything else. But there's something magical about being with like-minded people. And there was something fantastic about being able to talk about having difficulty writing a code. Mm -hmm. Right? If you don't write it the right way, you're fucked. That's it. The thing's not running and I'm crying until midnight. <laughs> yeah. Several times. Okay. So, um, but I would look at that and I would look at a spell the same way. Mm -hmm. It's code. Okay. What is it doing? Now, when you talk about Reiki, I do Reiki. The first time somebody told me about Reiki, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put my hands on you and I'm going to feel something. <laughs> yeah. Your body. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but one hand is like giving out and one hand is receiving. And I swear to God, when you do those body scans, like the first time I did one, I looked at the teacher and I was like, their stomach and the person's lying there going like this. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I felt it. What is it that we feel? I honestly think no one's going to care enough to do this, but if we could get somebody to study what witches do mm -hmm. in a scientific way, I think we could get answers to where that energy is coming from, to what that energy even means and how it can be broken down. 
I just think that there is science in witchcraft. We just have no way of explaining it. And because it's been something that has been um, mostly you think of women when you think of witches. Yeah. So who's going to take that shit seriously? It's just a bunch of women yeah. doing some crap. <laughs> yep. Preach. Right? So I think that I would love for somebody to take it seriously enough and say, yeah, let's look at why this works. You know, and you just mentioned before you mentioned plants. We know that plants have medicinal properties that mm-hmm. has been studied. So what else? When witches are putting things together and specifically when they're using plants, that's not bullshit. That's not yeah. even a spell. That's really understanding what this thing can do and then putting it with this other thing. And it's trial and error. The, the, the first people who started putting these plants together, I'm sure the first time they did it, it didn't work out. So they tried something else until they find, they found the right combination of things. And that's science. That's not really, um, you know, witchcraft, but it's part of witchcraft now, but it really mm-hmm. so much of witchcraft is not woo woo. And that's what I think is hard because you also have then divination explain that. I don't know. How do we do that? So can and you I actually know. explain that to me? Divination? Like what, what do you mean by that? I guess I don't know enough. <laughs> oh, like tarot cards. Oh, okay. Tarot. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and I mean, there's other forms of divination, but just thinking of tarot cards off the bat, how does that work? Because people say they read by intuition. What is that? And I believe in intuition. I'm not saying I don't, but what is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if, and if you do divination, and I know that Gemini does. All the time. I I know, (laughs) but there's, there's a moment and there's no other way to explain it. So, okay. So I'm reading, let's say I've got my Lenormand cards out and someone asks for a reading. The first thing I do, I look, is I read the cards, the definition of the cards. I know what the cards mean, but there's something that clicks. There's something that happens that it's kind of like a, and all yeah. of a sudden you start saying all this shit and you're like, what the hell? And you know, you know, when you've gotten it because you feel a certain way, it's not high. It's not, but there's something like, I always say there's something on the back of my neck and I can kind of feel it. And there I go. Mm-hmm. What is that? Where does that come from? I would like somebody to study that. Yeah. One of the things that was really helpful for me as far as transitioning from being like an incredibly skeptical scientist who doesn't do anything woo woo into being like <laughs> who I am now um, is I did a lot of research into the placebo effect, which I think most people have heard of, but for anyone who hasn't, um, basically, (laughs) basically if you join a study for like some kind of treatment, it could be a pill or a, a, any kind of treatment for a medical issue, um, people will get better even if they're given like a sugar pill or a water pill or something that like, isn't actually a medical treatment. And the more research that gets done on the placebo effect, sometimes people get better even if they know they're taking a water pill. And for me, I specifically focused on a placebo effect in terms of the power of the human mind to create its own reality. And if you can, if you, if you have data that shows that people can like go into cancer remission because they went into a treatment program and got a, sh- a sugar pill, but being in that treatment program made them feel so much better that their body responded. For me, part of witchcraft has to be believing in the power of your own mind, believing in the fact that if you commit yourself to something mentally and physically, that that thing is going to work. And maybe it's not going to work the way you expect it to. Maybe it's going to work in a way that doesn't make sense but you can literally trick your mind into doing stuff. And when I was 13 years old, I tricked my mind into being afraid of spiders. And I am to this day still afraid of spiders. <laughs> so personal experience yeah. also dictates yep. I can trick myself into making whatever I want happen. Yep. That's actually very, I was at the bookstore the other day and there was a new book. I didn't buy it, um, but about the placebo effect and how it's, it had to do with, I want to say the uh, uh, woo-woo was in the title, <laughs> but it, it had to do with the fact that, like, why this stuff might work. 
like Reiki and, and whatever else, um, because we want it to. Right. Yeah. And which is actually like totally cool and okay. Right. Like, yeah, who knows why it works, but it got me thinking like, then it doesn't matter as long as it's not. Cause I used to, you know, feel get angry at people who I thought were like ripping off others, you know, mm-hmm. like I've seen some psychics. I need to stop doing research and wasting all my money. <laughs> Re- research. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one can see that, but research. Um, so because there are a lot of bad psychics out there who I just like, and who charge a ridiculous amount. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, why are you, are you doing this? So I get mad at those people, um, who I feel like are scamming others, but you know, there are other people like friends I have who are really genuine and this is their calling and what they, they truly believe that what they're doing is good. And um, so if it's not hurting anyone, why do I care? Why do I need to be like, that's not real, (laughs) you know, but if someone wants it to be real, just like I used to be like that with religion, I used to be like religion's fake. Like it's all a bunch of bullshit Mm -hmm. and, we should get rid of religion and stuff. But then I see, and you know, I would have arguments with my dad and my uncle's a priest. I would have arguments with him, (laughs) you know, but then I was like, if that's what makes them happy and gives them a purpose in life, like who am I to take? Not that I can take it away from them, but arguing with them, like, why, why does it matter? You know, if that's, if it's helping them in some way. So I think it's very interesting also because I do think that especially when we're going into science, like when you're in college and like in that undergrad experience specifically, there's this push that like, well, being a scientist will make you a better person, right? And then you can look down on like all these religious people and like, look at all the things that Catholicism has done that's so bad. And I'm a scientist. I'm skeptical. I'm better than that. But, like, I've met a number of really shitty, like, bad people scientists. Yep. They're smart as hell, but they're bad people. Eventually, you, you come to the realization that, like, nah, science doesn't make you better. Everybody, every group of people has shitty people in it. I think that Anne's hit on something. You know, scientists aren't going to get paid unless they can prove something. Yeah. Right. And, you know, psychics, and I'm, I always try to warn people, too, like, don't spend all your money. Like, there's got to be somebody, yeah. you know. And I understand people need to make a living. I mean, one of the Scorpios, um, that's what she does for a living. That's she reads cards. But, you know, she's not going to charge you an arm and a leg. And, you know, I mean, it is a living. So I do understand. And we have friends that have stores and that, you know, they make candles and they make other spells. And, you know, they do this. I happen to think that they're very good. I also don't think they also don't charge an arm and a leg. There's something about, okay, I'm going to help people. So I'm going to set up shop. I need to be able to pay rent. I need to be able to buy the materials. It's another thing to say, I'm going to set up shop and I'm going to take you for everything you got. Right. And I've always been very wary of people like that too. Yeah. I think we hold uh, spiritual practitioners to a higher standard though, because I think about tattoo artists and like, there are a ton of shitty tattoo artists who will tattoo anything you ask for. doesn't matter as Mm -hmm. long as you pay them the money. And then there are tattoo artists who are like, I'm not going to tattoo, you know, (laughs) inappropriate things on your body, or I'm not going to tattoo your face because I think that's inappropriate. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, or, um, or we've said this before on the podcast, sometimes therapists, you go to a therapist and like this one happens to suck and I'm paying (laughs) them a bunch of money, but they're not really helping me. So it's sort of like, why? No, I know why societally we look down on psychics and other spiritual practitioners because it's taboo and we don't want to accept that. But at the same time, it's not a shitty psychic is a shitty person. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's like a, that's a very important distinction that I have to make, like I have to think about in my brain when I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, cause some of the psychics I found said they were, or I found them because they were like one of the best psychics, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. And, um, one of them was local to Boston and it was like $300 (laughs) and (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it was $300 and I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. I got more out of a psychic medium session from a friend of mine who, yes, charges money, but it was not anywhere near that. And I, you know, trust, I didn't feel like she was rushing me and like, and, uh, you know, this woman, I just felt like she was rushing me and just said things that didn't, didn't even mean anything to me, you know? So I'm like, where are you pulling this from? <laughs> where are you getting this information from? Either you Googled me beforehand because some of the things they got, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, mm, they could have looked that up about me, but, um, other things were way off. And I was just like, all right, no more research for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think also background, um, I don't think it makes it easier to be, you know, I don't think you believe more depending on your background, but you know, in my background, there was a place as a spiritista, racionalista, we used to go to these places called catedras, these little schools, and people would have conversations. There's no money being spent. Nobody's passing around anything. They're just discussing my mother always called it philosophy more than religion. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the meetings, at the, there was like a little stage and they would have mediums there. It's free. Nobody's getting paid and nobody like, you know, and people, it would be potluck too. Like everybody would come in with food and at the end everybody would eat. And I have relatives that would sit on the stage and they would wait for somebody to come through. And that was always my favorite part because as a kid, you know, a lot of the conversations going on, I'm like, I don't even know what they're really saying, but okay. But the minute I would hear the, because when somebody would come through, there'd be like a big deep breath. I'd go, oh, and the person speaking would go, okay, this is ended for today because this is a time now we're going to have people coming through and people would ask for advice and they would see if somebody could come through. And um, as an adult, I went back in Puerto Rico, this is, and somebody came through for me and I knew it was them and they came through their brother. So it was my uncle, it was my dad. So I saw my uncle breathe and all of a sudden he started shaking and I realized he realizes who's come through and he was crying because of, it was my dad. And I, the minute he said that, I looked at my mom, I'm like, Bobby's coming through. And she's like, I know, like we just realized it. And, um, and he was talking to us and, you know, again, no money's being passed. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to gain. They're there to help people. If somebody needs to come through, they'll come through. If you need help, you can ask and maybe they'll come through. Maybe they won't. And you could give them a thousand dollars and they're not going to have somebody come through. Like either it happens or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So for me, when you, when you remove the money, I go, I kind of have, I kind of believe this and I use belief because I don't know how to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think money messes everything up because you don't know people's intention. Yeah. You know? I think there's a pipeline from being raised Catholic to being a no religion at all scientist yeah. Yeah. to being a woo-woo bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the- I love the way you put that a woo-woo bitch. I think love that's and, and not like a nice person. You get to the point where you're like, I am gonna do what I want and make me feel bad about it. But like yep. I agree that background is so important because I was so vehemently against Catholicism that I went full atheist for a period of time. Yeah, that's, yep, yep. And I I think it happens to a lot of us that were raised Catholic. (laughs) We're like, nope, we're not doing this. We're doing something else. Yeah, yep. And it's it's crazy because, and this is what I don't get, you know, and it's not just people in my family who are Catholic, but I've noticed this in other Christian religions Mm -hmm. because that's all I'm really familiar with. Um, or Christian denominations, they will view witchcraft as evil. And like, I don't know why I get so angry when people say that. Cause I'm like, how is that any, how is being a witch any different from your beliefs, your religion? Like you're believing in something that you don't necessarily know. And yours is actually weirder because you're believing some dude walked on water and did all the, like, what? <laughs> what, you know, so it doesn't make sense to me. And then they're like, well, I don't know, like the responses I'll get will just be like, like, what, how, how is yeah. witchcraft evil? I don't, I, anyway. Yeah. I guess I get very heated about it. Cause it's centered around women. I'm convinced of that. Oh, I'm you convinced know, of that. 
Yeah. They say that, that, that supposedly Mary Magdalene wrote a book, but men decided to keep that out of the Bible. It's not one of the books in the Bible. So what okay. else did they take out? Did Mary write anything? Like, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, it just seems like mm, a religion that just wanted to keep women shut down. Yeah. Of course, they're going to hate witchcraft. Oh my God, women have power <laughs> now. We don't want that. Yep. You know? Yep. There's an event in Salem every year. Actually, I don't know if it's every year, but I, I did see it, I think, two years in a row. At the Hawthorne Hotel, they had like a witch's religious event. It was like witches who were Catholic. Do you know what I'm oh, talking God. about? I think I did like, see, yeah. I want to go to that. I, I can't remember quite what it was, but because I used to also work at the Witch Museum in October just for, you know, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember seeing it, the signs for it, and I was like, what? Catholic witches? What does this mean? I don't know if it was just Catholicism or if there were like Jewish witches. Like I have no idea what it was, but it was it's very bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah, I think there is definitely, and I'm seeing it online, like a movement now for a subset of Christian women who have realized that like a lot of the shit we do is basically magic anyway. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you interpret the Bible, like there are different versions of the Bible and different versions say different things. Not every version of the Bible specifically uses the word witchcraft, mm -hmm. like to say that that's evil. Yep. So I love that. I am like team Christian witch because I do feel like it's sort of reclaiming a part of your power. Yeah. Um, especially because like, especially when you're raised Catholic, because going to church as a Catholic there's so much magic going on. Oh my There's, God. I mean, with the sense <laughs> and everything, it's, it's all magic. We're just pretending it's not magic. And you're eating the body and blood of Christ. Like We're that's kind of, you know what? Magic. That sounds demonic. <laughs> it's, like, it's a little really. weird. I'm not going to lie. It's a little weird. <laughs> oh God. Church. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to go to a Catholic witch's I I kind of want to go. I kind of, I'll have to look this up after. <laughs> All right. Gemini, Anne, you guys have a good time. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so in my family, the joke is always that I'm Damien because I get sick in churches. So the idea of being around Christian what? witches is like, yeah, oh, I don't know what it is. You're not invited. I'm like, wow. I actually, like, so when I go, like, when I've gone to Europe, I have to, like, really meditate and, like, ground and center before I go, because I'm going to go see these old churches. I'm not going to not yeah. go. But there's always a moment where I go, this is good. I'm out. Like, wow. I can't do this. The only time it didn't happen was when I went to Cordoba to the big mosque that's there. Mm -hmm. And, of course, different churches have claimed different sections of it, you know. So, luckily, they didn't tear it down, but now it's really, you know, a Catholic space. I don't, but of course I don't go near the stuff there, but I do walk around. I just think it's wonderful. Maybe because it was originally a mosque. I don't know what it is. I don't know if yeah. in a past life, if that's a thing. I don't know if like, maybe I was burned at the stake. Who the hell knows what happened? But me oh, in churches, you definitely I get were. ill. You totally were. You absolutely <laughs> were guaranteed. I get ill. The last time I was in church was for um, a funeral this past summer. And, um, but I, I didn't stay very long. Like I knew I wasn't going to stay very long. Mm -hmm. Like I did half of the mass and I was like, gotcha. <laughs> you know, I'm done. You saw me yeah. good. I was here. Respects to you and your family. I got to get the hell out of here. I can't do this. And when I left, some men were like, oh yeah, the bathroom's over there. They thought I was going to the bathroom. I said, okay, thanks. And I just kept walking right to my car. I was like, I'm done with this, babe. I can't do this. So, um, yeah, I'm not doing the Christian witch thing. I just, yeah. you know, they, they, they scare me. <laughs> See now talk about, talk about, Okay. Here's the thing. I understand what you're saying, Gemini. Okay, the idea that maybe they're reclaiming their power. Yes. I, I kind of think that they're crazy. Okay, because... <laughs> I think we're all crazy. <laughs> we are all crazy. But I'm just saying, like, either you're Catholic or you're not. This whole idea of, like, I'm a Catholic witch, like, I don't understand that. They frown on witches. So how are you... A, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. That's, I, that's actually know. a good point. I, yeah. I think if you take Irish Catholic... Or Italian Ooh, Catholic. That's okay. me. Irish I think Catholic. that counts because there's so many things that like your Irish Catholic grandmother did that is just a folk magic tradition that she did not realize was a folk magic tradition. And she, you pass it down and then you get to like hear me where you realize, oh yeah, uh-huh, a lot of that. A lot of that was just 
you just incorporated the magic into being Catholic. <laughs> okay, that's, that's different because my best friend in college, her mother came from Ireland. So she was first generation. My friend was first generation here. And her mother spoke Gaelic and her, her mother did spells. And I was like, what the holy hell is happening in this house? <laughs> she saw it as if the title is you got your science in my witchcraft. Well, she had, that's what it was. It was like, no, like this is my Catholicism and this is my culture. It's not my witchcraft. It's my culture. And it was different. And just like, you know, there are Italian witches, there are stregas that are like, no, I'm Catholic. I just happen yes. to do these things. It's culture. Yeah. 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 And some people are just crazy. We're all crazy. Every <laughs> single one of us crazy. in our own unique way. That shit. <laughs> I do want to say this. (laughs) One of the things that I love about Anne was when you posted that you met somebody who I never got a chance to meet that I love, James Randi. Yes. Oh my God. You Um, remember that? Yes. Because I I was like, like a few years ago. Yes. I was like, that's why I was like, that's it. When I started stalking you. Cause I was like, I love this. I love, cause first of all, nobody knows who James Randi is. Very few people know who he is. Nobody knows. I have no idea who James Randi is. Okay, so how much money did he say he would give somebody if they could prove any of their woo-woo? I forgot how much. A million dollars. It was a million dollars. Nobody ever got it because everybody was just full of shit. That's why. (laughs) But, you know, and of course, Penn and Teller love him and I love Penn and Teller. I love Penn and Teller, yep. You know, um, it's totally different. The magic they're talking about, he's trying to say like, look, you're an illusionist. Like, don't con people into thinking you can do this. Like, come on, you know? And, And what I like about Penn and Teller, I don't know if you've ever seen them live, they always explain one trick. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and I don't even want it explained. I don't think that they're amazing. They're doing boo-boo. I know that they've practiced this, but I just think it's such art to be able to say, okay, you see me? Whoop, now you don't. How'd you do that? I don't know. I don't want to know. It's cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I don't think you have superpowers. <laughs> I just think that's what you do. You practice this. So that's yeah. how you know how to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Meeting, meeting James Randi was, it was awesome. It was awesome. But I'll never see him again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never meet him again because, I, you know, they were going to have another conference. Um, or they were supposed to have a conference last year, but because of COVID, they canceled it and then he died. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> James Randi was an illusionist. And yeah. then he's just, he's just a skeptic. And, but it, it's great because he just makes you think about things that you never would have thought of before. So was yeah. he cool to like me to like talk to? Yeah. I didn't talk to him for long. I just, okay. cause I was so like starstruck. Yeah. <laughs> so he was in a wheelchair and I was just like, hi, um, <laughs> I just wanted to meet you and shake your hand. And can I get a picture? And his uh, boyfriend or husband was pushing, um, the wheelchair and he was like oh yeah sure you can you know because I think his health was declining at that point mm. so I didn't really have a conversation with him but he was very nice very nice that's cool yeah, yeah that's James Randy so I think that I almost feel like witches should read about James Randy just have a little bit of skepticism in your practice I don't think it's a bad thing mm-hmm. and I don't think it makes you less of a witch and I don't think it's you're gonna wake up one day and say I'm not a witch no but I think just the idea of why do I do this what am I doing when I do this spell? And how much of it is mundane? How much of it is I've studied herbs and I know exactly what to do because it's the science of herbs. I mean, it's just what women have been doing for generations, just knowing the land they live on and what they can combine to make something happen. And what other things, like I mentioned before, you know, if you're doing a love spell, did it just give you confidence? Maybe that's all you needed. Maybe that's the sugar pill you needed. Yep. You know, doesn't mean you're not a witch. It just maybe love spells are not what you think they are. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I think um, is well studied scientifically and anthropologically, uh, and I am so proud of the segue that I am about to do that I have to call <laughs> it out. One of the things that I think is really well studied is the effect that music has on a person's mental state. And, you know, it can put you into a trance. It can make you happy when you're sad. It can make you sad when you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really wanted to make sure that we have some time to talk about, Anne, your music. Oh, <laughs> yay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm also a musician. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it, 
I mean, I've always been a musician, but I kind of just started getting serious during the pandemic. Like I was working partially from home and I spent way too much money on some programs from songwriting and just kicked it into high gear and wrote a bunch of songs and paid way too much to get them recorded. <laughs> but um, yeah, so now I'm just, I'm just going for it. Just going for it because it's the only way to get my feelings out and you know, I feel called to do it. And for people who, you know, listen to the Sarwin mix that I did on Spotify, you'll notice in one of Anne's songs, Heavy Hand, it was on there. So if you downloaded that, then you are familiar with her already. And if you were wondering why our music changed for our intro, it's because you were listening to Fabulous Creature, which is another one of Anne's songs. So tell us about that song. How did that come about? So I actually wrote that song. Um, you know, I'm pretty open about being depressed, suffering from depression. Um, but I was also recently, well, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is um, very taboo. Uh, a lot of people, <sighs> when you think of someone with BPD, um, it's usually a person who's cuts themselves and is, you know, has a lot of suicide attempts. And um, I want to say like how movies portray it is pretty bad, but um, I'm considered high functioning. <laughs> so, um, but basically anyway, so, you know, getting that diagnosis and going through um, getting my account hacked and falling for that scam and then having um, some issues with a friend of mine who called me, crazy and said I needed to be sent to a mental institution um, because I fell for a scam. I'm not going to go into details, but, you know, that kind of like really worked me up. And, you know, one huge thing with BPD is, is just this radical acceptance that you have to have, right? Like you learn new skills on how to, how to be, how to react to situations because we tend to feel too much. Uh, if that's a good explanation. Yeah. Like our, our, we're very fragile. I don't know. Um, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, that's it. I'm, I don't care. I know I'm crazy. I know I have issues. I don't care. I'm working on changing and this is what makes me who I am. So I'm fabulous. I don't, I don't care. I don't care what you have to say about me. So I kind of like just wrote, wrote a song and it's, danceable <laughs> so it's you know kind of 80s sounding um a little different from my others but yeah so it's just like i'm a fabulous creature i'm crazy but i'm also awesome and it's okay i love it oh i love that <laughs> so tell us about some of your other songs so the one song and, and i think that's why i put it on the playlist because i do love highway boys and hell couldn't i couldn't even think I of it I love, I love Hell Couldn't Keep Me, but there's something about Heavy Hand, maybe because we came out first, but like I sing it, like it comes on and I just start singing. Maybe people should hear it now. So when that song came out, you kind of had like a Southern goth thing going. Is that yes. accurate? Like, yes. I love that. So what, what inspired all that? Was it the trip to, out to California? Like, what is it? Um, like it was actually, so I've always been super interested in that genre, like the um, country goth, you know, I, I, I really like that. And um, I play mostly acoustic guitar. I can play electric guitar, but my acoustic guitar is, is mostly what I play. So Actually, Heavy Hand is mostly electric guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so I went on a, um, my husband's son and I went on a road trip to Florida in, in April um, because my cousin had died in a hit and run motorcycle accident. So we traveled down there. They were having like a memorial service and we decided to drive because flying, I didn't feel like flying. I just wanted to go through some of the, like Georgia and North Carolina. And I don't know. There's just a feeling down there. Like when you're driving through the Carolinas and Virginia and, you know, 
especially like Georgia being in Georgia was very, that's where I, I started to get a lot of lyrical ideas. Actually, passing through the Carolinas, I started to get some lyrical ideas. Um, just seeing like people farming and and kind of a lot of shacks and you know probably not some very good areas to live in. It just brought on this inspiration of you know we were in a pandemic and my cousin just died and everyone was kind of stuck in one place and here we were venturing off, but we had been stuck for a year. Right. And um, just kind of seeing all the misery a little bit and how no one can escape. So that's kind of how I felt at the time, I guess, because you can't escape death. My cousin had just died and he wasn't that old, you know, and just people living in poverty and being stuck where they are because of the pandemic and life sucks. No, (laughs) (laughs) life sucks. At the time. <laughs> well, but it's also, it's, you know, sometimes those dark times are what brings out such inspiration and creativity with artists. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, you're right. It sucks, but great music. Yeah. I have this like t-shirt and I also bought a, a tote of it from um, saltandsorcery.com. And it like, I think encapsulates that vibe because it's sort of this circle and it's like, don't worry, it gets worse. Don't worry, it gets better. Oh, I and love that, that. That vibe really hits, I think, with this idea that you're talking about. That, like, yeah, everything sucks for sure, but also beauty comes out of that. I love that. I love that. How about Highway Boys? We should probably listen to that a little bit. Boys is probably a little more, uh, it's less depressing, I guess. (laughs) Um, Highway Boys was also written, you know, on that same road trip, but I mostly was thinking of the times that I've traveled, done road trips out to California. So just kind of driving on a desert road, um, being free, just, just feeling free, having no obligations, responsibilities, and the highway boys, at first, I wasn't quite sure what, who the highway boys were. But then I was like, oh, of course, they're, they're dudes on motorcycles. Like, you're just driving and you see a bunch of motorcycle guys and you just, you want to be with them. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's just my feeling. But it just, I'm always like, I want to be on a motorcycle with, like, some hell's angel dude. <laughs> so you don't even want to know what I thought of when I listened to it. Oh, what did you think <laughs> I was thinking about motorcycles, but maybe it was because it was around Halloween when the song came out that I immediately, immediately, immediately thought of the Lost Boys. I thought of the Lost Boys. Yes. Okay. On their motorcycles. Yes. So for me, that's where it went. And maybe because the vibe is a little bit darker. So it's like, God, I'm not thinking Hell's Angels. I'm thinking like, yeah, it's the Lost Boys. It's, you yes. know, Keeper Sutherland and gang. So you know yeah. I like that. I like that. And then Hell Couldn't Keep Me is kind of you know, just about how uh, a certain person in my life, the song was written before I got scammed, but the same person who kind of threw me under the bus has been doing that for quite a long time. So it was just basically like a, you can't keep me down, like no one can keep me down kind of thing. Not even hell, right? Because I'm better than that. I'm I'm better than all of you. Kind of, you know. <laughs> Let's listen to it. Mm-hmm. 
that's the kind of music that helps people you yeah. know I, it's not to say you can't have you know just fun music for the hell of it and hey i i like them and they like me and whatever but i think these are the songs that are magic because these are the songs that help people that go yeah that's me too if that's not, if hell's not going to keep Anne down then I, I can do that i can channel that energy too so i think that yeah it's magic yeah. so there you go you are a music oh, witch yay <laughs> i love that Wow. What do you think, Gemini? I think wonderful and amazing, and I can't wait to do more of these in the future. This was so fun. This is great. Please reach out to us and tell us what you thought of the table talk, because we'd love to know. I know I loved it, so we're definitely going to do this again. This is a lot of fun. And make sure you follow Anne. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you have a presence on Instagram. Is there any other place you want to plug? Facebook. Probably just Facebook and Instagram. Or if you want to follow me on Spotify, that would be cool, too. And what are the handles so people can follow you? Uh, Facebook is I am Ann Bennett. Instagram is Ann Bennett Official. And Spotify, uh, if you just search Ann Bennett, I should come up. There are some other Ann Bennett's, though. <laughs> I don't know who okay. they are. Well, if people aren't sure, um, if you've got the right Ann Bennett, you've got the names of the songs. And, of course, you can always check out the playlist that we have because we have the right Ann Bennett on that one. So yes. it should be good. Thank you so much for doing this. This was so much fun. I Thank you for having question. me. Wait, I have a question unrelated to music. I just got to know. Okay. <laughs> so growing up in Salem, mm-hmm. is witchcraft, at some, does it get annoying at some point? Like, does it just get annoying to have so many freaking people come into Salem? I won't go to <laughs> Salem in October. I won't go yeah, to Salem in October. That's which, good. Which hurts only for one reason. I would love to go to Black Veil's events that they have yes. in October. I wish they would do it outside of October because I'm not going, I'm not going yeah. to that mess. It, it just looks uncomfortable. I wouldn't have fun. You know, it, it is uncomfortable. Um, I, I can ask them if they'll have any events outside of October. I thought they do some other things. I'll have to check, but um, yeah, it's, you know, I feel like it's changed over the years growing up. It didn't seem as crazy. Like my, my neighborhood in Witchcraft Heights, we got hundreds of trick-or-treaters. So that was always crazy on Halloween. Like people from the next town over would come to our neighborhood just because it was Witchcraft Heights. And, you know, that was the place to be. But over the years, it's become, I don't want to say trendy because I, you know, I love all that stuff. It's okay. We'll say it for you. It's (laughs) It's become so trendy and you know, it's, I now kind of avoid Salem in October. Like I try not to make any appointments, you know, doctor's appointments, anything during that month because it's ridiculous. And, um, you know, I have cousins that live right downtown and I'm like, Oh my God, how do you get out of your driveway? You know, um, I think it's, it's become so trendy, but it also makes the town or the city so much money. Right. So, but, um, but there are some people who only work during October. And I feel like, and I don't mean the storefronts, there are mm-hmm. like tour guides and stuff who maybe only work during the month of October or maybe like those little pop-up shops. And I feel like sometimes that takes away from the people who are there year round, you know, mm-hmm. selling their stuff for this in the city. And, and I, you know, people are like, oh, it's Halloween. I'm going to go sell my stuff in Salem because there's going to be lots of people. And I don't blame, I mean, I would probably do that too, but it, it takes away from, you know, they're not really part of the city. They're, they're just there for all the, you know, the glamour or whatever. I don't want, it's not even glamour, (laughs) all the horror, (laughs) but um, yeah. So it's definitely overwhelming. I would suggest to anybody not coming. If you really want to experience that October rush, fine but you're not going to find anywhere to stay you're not going to find anywhere to park you know come on the off month even like may is the weather's nice you know early summer um yeah those are my favorite times i used to go for rosh hashanah because as a teacher i got time off okay you know if it happens on a weekend so my husband and i would go down 
yeah, it's already packed. Um, yeah. We couldn't get in. Then I was like, oh, you know what? Our anniversary is in November. Let's go for a weekend. No. All the weekends were taken up in November. And I thought, oh my God. So maybe May is the time to go. I went to Salem the first time. Okay. So as an English teacher, obviously I'm a big nerd and I taught the crucible. So I was like, oh, I want to go, you know, to Salem because then I could like bring stuff from my classroom and talk to them about, you know, yes, this is the monument that's there in the actual place, like the actual monument, not the one in Salem proper, but what used to be Salem Village, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so I went down for that and I was there for two nights and two nights was too much. There wasn't that much to do. This is, this is going back. I mean, yeah. Um, and then I don't know how long ago it was. I said to my husband, oh, you know, because he's not from the U.S. I was like, you like history. Why don't we go to Salem? I said, you know, we'll go for a night. There was so much to do. I said, this was crazy. I can't believe we came for one night. One night was not enough at all mm -hmm. to see yeah. stuff. So I definitely love Salem. But um, yeah, talk to them. They need to have an event in May. I need yeah. to, um, to do awesome. this. Because <laughs> I actually know like Verona Black, like she's gone there. Yeah. Uh, the people we know from necromancy, they've gone. And I'm like, hi, guys, are you having a good time? Because I'm in New York and you guys are in Salem and this sucks. You know, like just. I actually tried going to their most recent event at, um... oh, my God. It's and they did it for two weekends this time. The village there. Pioneer, um, Pioneer, Pioneer village. village. Oh, my God. I was going to say Puritan Village. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I must be tired. Um, I, my husband's son and I, we drove there and looked for parking couldn't find parking so i was like fine just like drop me off the line and like good for them for you know they're so successful now like great but oh my god the line was so long i was like i'm gonna be in that line for at least two hours oh <gasps> no i was like i sorry i'm not <laughs> i can't do it i can't especially with my like why did i bring my son but um yeah so it was it was so packed if they had one of those in the off season there'd be less tourists going to those events which would be good see but. i think that's the nice thing because i feel like people in salem deserve to have their city they deserve to have you know things for them of course i'm yeah. coming down as well but i'm just saying like <laughs> they deserve to have you know stuff for them and it's like oh because i do go to the shop when they um i have not been tattooed by them not yet yeah i think they have a long uh wait list yeah i spoke to the woman there the last time i was there and she was oh, like dude. yeah it's hard and she said it's because they were on ink masters and i'm like they were and i yeah. was like oh that's too bad i mean not for them that's great for them but i'm just thinking that's not why you... i like them yeah i, I just i think their art i have their art in my home like i buy their prints yeah. i think they're they're amazing yeah so, yeah yeah the second you're on a tv show <laughs> yeah which is good for them i think that's no great, it is but, it's good you know. it's good for them yeah but it's Talks not good for me. my ability to get tattooed by any exactly. of the artists <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly kelly doty was on ink masters i mean oh that's right and i don't watch i've never seen ink masters i don't i didn't know who she was like mm -hmm. i knew that there was another tattoo shop and kind of like her tattoo shops like in a little corner of a yeah. plaza thing. I, I go get tattooed out of Salem. I go to Beverly. <laughs> but, um, so I was like in a store and, and people were like fawning over her, like from afar. And I was like, I don't even know who this person is. <laughs> you know, oh I, I didn't know that she was like on a show, which is, which is great for her. I'm sure she's a nice person. I don't know her, but um, I was just like, what is happening here? <laughs> They're, they're like, she's a tattoo artist. Yeah, I'm clueless about all those things. I never know when somebody's. Oh. All right, so we, I, I always wanted to know how people felt about the insanity. All right, so it wasn't that bad growing up. That's good to know. Yeah. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Yeah. yeah. But now I know May. May. Should we even tell people to go to Salem in May? We should just cut that out. That way I can just... Oh, nobody go to Salem. Yeah. No, nobody nobody go. go to Salem ever. Yeah, don't tell just, them to go in May because that's when you're going to go. So October in Salem is so nice. You guys should all go in October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, May does sound good. All right. Well, thank you so much. Everybody stalk Anne. Check her out on social media. Check her out on Spotify. Send us messages. You know how to reach us. Instagram and our Gmail account. What else, Gemini? And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Love.